There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Always so much to talk about the developments that are happening around the nation on so many different ethical issues demand our attention. And so giving some attention to a number of issues that are bubbling along, some very, very serious. Uh, Let's get some thoughts from Ashley Saunders from Family Voice Australia, who's back with us for our regular update for Thursday. Hello, Ashley. Welcome back to 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil. It's good to be with you and with your listeners. Well, Ashley, first of all, on the marriage debate, and not a lot to say on that today because the polls have closed. And now we're just waiting an announcement for next Wednesday. Yes, we are waiting that announcement. And uh, what I find interesting is that already the narrative is starting to change. And so very early on in the process of the postal survey, those who were advocating change were saying there are no threats to freedoms. This is not about that. This is about something else. But already we're seeing that some of the uh, marriage equality campaigners, as they call themselves, are now trying to say, well, if there's a yes vote, we've got to be careful that um, the no campaigners don't want to wind back the anti-discrimination laws. I guess from my perspective, and I would urge upon your listeners as well, that we need to hold people accountable to the things that have been said. If the result is a no result, we need to hold them accountable to listening to the will of the people. And in the event of a yes result, and I pray there won't be, but in the event of a yes result, we need to hold parliamentarians and others accountable to ensure that the freedoms we have, the freedoms uh, we believe we have, the freedoms that we've been told are not under threat, are in fact protected and preserved in whatever legislation the federal parliament considers. Ashley, on those anti-discrimination laws, uh, there was one report that I read that suggested that there would be cases being saved up until such a time as the end of the vote and the announcement of the verdict uh, for some cases to be brought before tribunals. Is that something you've heard any rumour about? Uh, there are always rumours, and uh, different people will, uh, will, will I guess, uh, uh, may I use the expression, play their games. What I think is important from a Christian perspective is that um, people are true to their word and that the freedoms that we have uh, are freedoms that continue to be enshrined. We need to be certain, for example, that uh, some priest or minister or bishop is not again taken before some anti-discrimination tribunal uh, as Bishop Porteous was in Hobart for simply talking about and putting out a publication that 
reflects what is and always has been church teaching. We need to make sure that those kinds of things are not going to happen. We need to make sure that uh, people are free to have their conscientiously held beliefs and to manifest those beliefs in public, to live them out. Uh, these are very important aspects and we need to make sure that, uh, that they're not wound back. Um, th there's a view, I think, that, um, that religious freedom is about uh, institutions and yet the freedom that we have is both individual as well as institutional. I think we spoke about that last week. And part of that is that it's not only about religious convictions, it's about other conscientious convictions. Someone might have a non-religious conscience or a non-religious conviction, and they're entitled to hold to that. And unless uh, it um, threatens public health or safety or order or morals, they're entitled to live out that conscience in, uh, in public. And so uh, religious freedom affects every single Australian, whether they be uh, of some form of religious persuasion or not. The other huge issue, which is bubbling along, and we've been monitoring this long now for a number of weeks, uh, and really it's been going along for a number of years, but the euthanasia issue uh, in the Victorian Parliament, uh, euthanasia, it's passed its second reading in the upper house. So it's gone through the lower house into the upper house and now we'll go to a third reading back to the lower house in the Victorian Parliament again. Uh, what are your thoughts on the progress of that bill, Ashley Saunders? There, there are some similarities between this matter and the one that we've just discussed. Uh, when, when it comes to the question of the definition of marriage, um, a significant number of people have apparently said that they voted yes, not because they necessarily agree with the proposal, but simply because they're sick of it being on the agenda and they know that if the result is no, that those who want change won't accept that and they'll continue to agitate until they get what they want. The similarity with the euthanasia issue is that uh, the same tactics apply. And so... Even if euthanasia is defeated in Victoria, you can expect that it will heat up in New South Wales where there's a bill waiting to be debated and you can expect that um, it will not go away, that people will not accept Parliament saying no, that they will keep on it and keep on it. And so what's happened in Victoria is that uh, having passed the second reading stage, uh, there's uh, a committee that will be held before they... Um, go through the process of what's called a third reading. And uh, so there's still an opportunity at the third reading stage for people to change their mind and to vote it down. Um, so that is certainly possible, and I would hope that the committee stage in Victoria um, convinces uh, people that it can never be safe, that there are never enough safeguards, that, uh, that this is something that is, in fact, unhealthy and not good for the state of Victoria or anywhere else for that matter. But your realistic prediction here, Ashley Saunders, when it comes to this euthanasia bill in Victoria, uh, rarely does this sort of bill get to this stage, does it? Uh, does it look to you as though uh, this is likely now to go through in the uh, third reading stage in the Victorian lower house? If the numbers at the third reading stage are the same as they were at the second reading stage, then it will get through because... Uh, it passed the second reading. Uh, I would hope that there would be some evidence that would uh, convince uh, a number of MPs at the committee stage that they need to change their mind. 
Um, we need to pray to that end because it's that serious. It is serious. There are other huge issues our nation is facing. One of those to do with what is now technically a constitutional crisis when it comes to the issue of dual nationals. Uh, you've called it uh, some form of a farce and asked when will this end? What are your thoughts on the way things are playing out even today? Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And it seems to me that... Uh, it just goes on and on, and it will continue to be used by some people for political end. And uh, we're in this situation now where uh, when we want to oppose something or someone, then we raise a question about their citizenship. And uh, I think a legitimate question for um, Australians to consider is the issue of whether or not uh, this particular clause should be in the Constitution. We have a situation where... Uh, people are entitled to vote, but not entitled to stand. And uh, one of the things that happens in America, for example, is that you need to be born in the USA in order to be the president. And we in Australia say that's laughable. Uh, why, why can't uh, anybody who's a citizen and who has a right to vote be the president of the USA? And so we make that comment about that country, and yet when it comes to our own... Uh, it seems that we haven't really asked the question adequately enough. Is it right that somebody should be disqualified from serving in the parliament simply because uh, their mother or their father, or in some cases their grandmother or grandfather, was born in another country? Uh, to me, living as we do in a nation of immigrants, that just seems ludicrous. It does seem, though, that a lot are saying that that's in the too hard basket. Uh, all of those people who've been complaining about the cost of the postal plebiscite survey uh, now wondering who would spend a lot of money having a referendum to change the constitution uh, over something where uh, parties ought to just be mindful of meeting the rules as they are. You're saying, uh, as, a, as someone who is a Christian leader, Christian commentator, that perhaps there is room here to contemplate change is it is it too far out of the question to ask that our political leaders actually get their heads together and do something together for a change is that is that too ridiculous for me to ask is it too ridiculous to suggest that that it shouldn't be in the too hard basket that instead of instead of storing up um, the possibility that you can criticize somebody else on the basis of whether or not um, they are or are not also a citizen of a foreign country and use that in a sense politically, is it really too much to ask? And, and, uh, and I hope I'm not asking the question facetiously. Is it really too much to ask that our political leaders might uh, get together to do something in the interests uh, of the country? And uh, I'm not here today saying that the constitution should be changed. What I am saying, though, is that it's about time we have a serious discussion about whether or not that is an appropriate clause in our constitution. Okay, one more issue to tackle with you, Ashley Saunders. And I know that there's something in your latest publication from Family Voice Australia to do with the issues that are going on with small class sizes and the depth in curriculum that's being taught in schools. What are the sorts of things you're advocating when it comes to education issues? I find it interesting that uh, in the push to get smaller class sizes, 
on the basis that this is apparently better for our children and likely to give better educational outcomes, it is now being criticised by the OECD, whose latest report indicates that in the push for smaller class sizes, we might actually be doing a disservice to our children, that there are um, other countries with larger class sizes that are getting better educational outcomes. And when you investigate what the OECD are saying about this, what they're saying is there's only so many dollars to go around. And if you have larger class sizes, you can have teachers who are not doing as much face-to-face teaching um, and who are then doing more collaborative work and doing more upskilling, all of which would be for the benefit of the children. And so I ask the question, is it the case that in this push for smaller class sizes, we're winning um, an individual battle, but we might be losing the war. The other thing that the OECD highlights is that the Australian curriculum is far too broad and doesn't go down deeply enough. And I think if any of your listeners are teachers or uh, if any of your listeners speak to teachers, uh, teachers would be really quick to say, that's right, we're trying to put so much in and uh, we're trying to cover so much that we can only teach it at a very shallow level, and that's exactly the comment that the OECD Education Report makes. And there is an article in your latest publication that I'll point to your website for listeners to get a hold of. Uh, Simply go to fava.org.au. That's the website of Family Voice Australia. And to explore some of those issues in a little more depth. Ashley Saunders, always good getting your update. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us today on 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.